Hey, what's up, y'all? Matt here with Hatch and another episode of Built By. I hope you're doing fantastic today. We have a great episode on tap. I had a chance to connect with Jack Cookson, who's the director of growth over at BuildZoom. You're probably familiar with BuildZoom. Uh, they have a network of over 4 million contractors. They're kind of a lead aggregator in the sense that homeowners go to them to request a project, and then they connect homeowners with contractors. They're not a lead aggregator in the sense that they immediately get paid when they uh, connect a homeowner and a contractor. They only get paid when that project starts. And the reason I wanted to have this conversation with them is exactly because of that, because they have a vested interest in connecting that homeowner with that contractor and making sure that project gets kicked off. They have a lot of educational materials on their website. This was a good chance for us to really connect and discuss, you know, speed to lead and sales follow-up, which are two things that you've probably heard me harp on and on about that are so crucial right now. I do want to point out that in our discussion, and you'll hear about this a little bit later when we start uh, talking about, you know, what BuildZoom is seeing on their end, there's some leading indicators that things are starting to settle down and get back to normal. And we're going to discuss kind of the implications of what the Delta variant might have, if there's more lockdowns on the way, what that's going to look like. Some of the factors that Jack and BuildZoom believe go into this boom that we're having right now. We're also going to dive into some of the uh, strategies that BuildZoom teaches their contractors when it comes to that follow-up. And at the end of the day, this was really just an awesome opportunity to connect with a business that's getting a ton of leads and can pull data and really see what's happening on the homeowner trend side. So with all that being said, I'm gonna go ahead and kick this episode off. Again, this is Jack Cookson, who is the Director of Growth over at BuildZoom. I hope you enjoy. This is a podcast for home improvement and home services marketing. This is Built By. So you've got to be adaptable. You've got to find a way to accommodate an uncomfortable customer. If you're not getting the home advisor leads in the first five minutes, you shouldn't even do it. Hopefully we're eating their lunch while they're trying to get back up and running. Jack, for listeners that don't know you or maybe aren't familiar with BuildZoom. I can't imagine there are many out there, but um, for the ones that aren't, could you give us kind of a high-level overview of you know, your background in home improvement and also um, a little bit about your role at BuildZoom and, and what BuildZoom is? Yeah, of course. Um, so you know, I've been working at BuildZoom for about six years now, and that's been most of my extent in, in home improvement. Um, we did a number of large remodels uh, as at, when I was growing up as a family and, mm-hmm. um, and my uncle is also a general, was a general contractor for, for the longest time. And so I got right. to like, and he helped us build our, our home, um, when we, when we did those large remodels. So, um, got to kind of have a firsthand look there, um, was always pretty interested in that. And as well as like interested in like, kind of like how we build and create space within cities or, you know, in the countryside and how those different things, um, fit. I, I studied, uh, some architecture in school. Um, as, as a minor and, and then I've been at building for, for six years. Um, I kind of am responsible for everything on the, the non-technical side. So, um, marketing, um, I also do a lot of like business operations. Um, I help design kind of how we engage with customers, um, understand what our products are and, uh, now kind of run all of our, our growth, which is, you know, getting homeowners and contractors connected, getting more of them. And, and that sort of thing. BuildZoom is a, um, for, for those that don't know, uh, a platform that helps um, 
people through the pre-construction process. So I think, you know, one of the main elements we do is help people find the right team for their project. So contractor, but also architect, et cetera. Um, but then also what we help them do is kind of like go through the right diligence process so that that pairing uh, sets off in the right place and, mm -hmm. um, and is kind of like set up for success throughout the project. Yeah. So that's super interesting. Like how does build zoom, I guess, compare to, you know, you hear about like home advisor and, and all these other things. Is it, is it more of a lead aggregator, but it sounds like you do a lot of stuff on the back end, right? Yeah. So I think, I think the primary difference is, is probably that, which is um, for home advisor and, and some of these other platforms, um, their job ends once a professional um, like buys the lead. Right. Mm -hmm. And so a professional says like they're willing to buy a lead and for X amount of dollars and um, and, you know, once home advisor sells that lead to them, they're out of the picture and it's up to the contractor to, you know, make a connection, um, get hired and and like work on that job. Uh, yeah. Build Zoom is is kind of fundamentally different where we actually are. We work with contractors and homeowners up until the point where the project uh, is underway. So like once you're hired and contracts are signed, then we kind of slowly start to step out of the process um, at, at that point, which is, which is very different, right? Like, and so to just give you a sense, like we sometimes partner with home advisor or other companies that are in the lead aggregation space to, to help them find contractors and actually make that, that match happen. Gotcha. Um, and so, so we're kind of providing a different place. I think a big part of that is different incentives. Um, so, you know, we only make money when contractors are getting jobs, not mm -hmm. paying for a lead or anything like that. And so we have a huge incentive to, to make sure that they get hired. Um, yeah. And that, that plays itself in a number of different ways. One, we help coordinate a ton because we want the contractor to get hired and we know we can help them do that by coordinating with the homeowner. Um, mm -hmm. And then two, like we actually kick out, um, you know, a little over 60% of the leads that come to us. Um, really? So we're curating these leads because we're making sure that the budget is somewhat aligned with the scope. We're making sure that the homeowner is serious and has financing or can pay for the job, you know, and we're making sure that these projects actually happen because our goal is to like only hand jobs that can happen to our contractors so that that way, then they can just focus on like doing construction rather than yeah. chasing down leads. Yeah, see, that's why I really wanted to have this conversation today because it's it's fascinating what what you guys are doing at BuildZoom, especially with that like when the lead comes in, you have skin in the game to actually make the connection with the homeowner and the contractor, and you guys have a ton of like advice. And I was reading through the website, which I'll make sure to link, but there's a ton of advice that I I want to dig into a little bit later. But um, first off, I'm sure that. Some listeners probably think of BuildZoom as a lead aggregator and, you know, they got their like garlic and holy water out and everybody hates lead, aggreg lead aggregators for that simple reason, right? They just give us the lead, we pay them, they're gone, doesn't matter if it's good or bad, right? What do you think, is that what the main pain point is? Is that where like most of the pain when contractors are dealing with these like you know, name brand lead aggregators? Is that where the, the pain point is? Is that where the struggle is, I guess? I, th I think it's a big, I think it's certainly a big pain point. Um, mm -hmm. I guess, you know, 
One thing BuildZoom tries to do is we try to enable contractors to be great construction companies, not great sales companies, right? And I think great sales companies like benefit from things like lead, like more standard lead aggregators, um, yeah. right? Like if they can dial in their sales, like that's awesome. But but we want to enable the people that are like great contractors and we want to take that work away from them, right? Mm -hmm. So that we can just like make sure that they do the construction side and, you know, that involves putting together a good bid and meeting with homeowners and all of that. It's not just the building part, but still, like, we want to remove that, that, like, sales element. And we want to help them kind of do that for them. And, and I, like you said, like, skin in the game matters a ton, right? And mm -hmm. so, like, we are trying to align our incentives with not just giving contractors an opportunity, but instead, like, actually having them get work. Yeah. Yeah. It totally makes sense. And that's awesome. So one interesting thing is that you're, you're on both sides. So you're seeing, you're talking to homeowners because they come to your website basically to request a project and you're also coordinating with contractors on the backside. So I'm sure you guys have some pretty cool data around, um, you know, homeowners, what they're searching for. Is there anything that you've seen maybe that has, has stuck out to you? That's an interesting data point or trend um, when homeowners are coming to build zoom. Yeah, I think um, I think there's there's a number of things on on the homeowner side. I mean, the last year or so has been a uh, kind of a, a wild time in the construction industry. Um, yeah. You know, there's been these crazy booms, and um, you know, there was a, an immediate bust very early in the COVID kind of era, and then this really long sustained boom that we're actually seeing um, taper off like a little bit. Um, really. yeah, so, so we build zoom has the benefit of, we've collected the largest database of building permits in the country. So we actually get to see like construction activity, um, in a way that almost no one else does, um, through these building permits. And so through building permits, we've seen a small tapering off start to occur in, at the end of March, um, and, and kind of early April. And it's, it's not precipitous drop, right? Like it's, it's relatively flat. It's more of a flattening than anything, but, but we did see this boom start to kind of like, um, flat. Whereas, you know, from call it April last year till, you know, April this year, it was just like cranking upwards. Um, I think. And so we were starting to see a little bit of a drop off. A part of what we think there is as the world starts to open back up again, right? People all of a sudden stop thinking about the home they're living in every day and start to think about, oh, maybe I can go on vacation with my family now or, mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. So I think it's really just like a, uh, where people's headspace is at and how that's kind of maybe transitioned a little bit to lead to this like semi-leveling off of this, this, this boom we're seeing. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, comparing this data to last year, was there this, as we go into like the slow season, I guess, for, sure. for modeling, you know, the winter months. So this wasn't something that you saw last year going into the, the winter season. I mean, the winter is always, always mm -hmm. small, lower than the, the summer, right? Like I think when we, when we think about growth, right, we really think about like year over year growth, right? So like how does December compare to last December, right? Because it would be unfair to compare August to December, um, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's just the, the nature of the, the construction industry, especially with starts. Um, and so, so, so when I say like, you know, an upward trajectory, I'm comparing like, you know, last year to two years ago, et cetera, and this year to last year. Yeah. Gotcha. So, you know, there's a lot of conversations about, you know, potentially, you know, lockdowns happening again, you know, with the Delta variant and everything. Is this 
something that you see potentially like lifting the tide back up with remodeling projects? And I know this is totally kind of shooting off the hip hip here and I'm sure you don't have much data around this, but I guess like gut feeling is, is it, is it the lockdowns that contribute to such a boom? And like you mentioned with, with families not being able to go on vacation, things like that. Yeah. I mean, I think you have a number of different factors that, that are in play. One, people are spending a lot more time at home, right? With, with a lockdown, Mm -hmm. people are spending more time at home. And so um, you see that, uh, you see that you notice the problems in your home, right? Like while, while you're there. And so you might want to fix yeah. it or, or the needs in your home change, right? Like if you're working from home or your child, your children are, are home, you might need to remodel a space to create, uh, the ability to like live in it with the new world where we're currently living in. So I think like yeah. the more lockdowns like do lead to that sort of thing. Um, another thing you're seeing is you're seeing, um, people move into other homes, right? Like a lot of people are moving outside of cities. Um, there's a big trends there, like the housing market in general is kind of going crazy. And we know that um, disproportionately more remodels happen in the first year after buying a home, like by a lot. So, so yeah. um, people are way more likely to remodel a home right after they've purchased a new one. So that home purchase is also gonna drive more and more remodels as well as, you know, obviously people are moving into new homes, new homes will get built as well. So, so new home starts also will be impacted by that. Um, and then I think the third thing is uh, on the note of the vacation thing, right? Like their, their mental space is no longer taken up with other things, but also um, their discretionary spending is, is not going out, you know, it's, it's not being spent on the things it used to be spent on, right? Like, right. In, and you've seen this across the industry where people are no longer like going out to restaurants and bars um, or on vacation, they're, you know, ordering more from Amazon. Um, they're spending more on their home, right? Things like yeah. this. So, so spending habits have changed. Uh, and I think, you know, don't know how that will play out, but, but more, more lockdowns will, will certainly like impact those, those elements. Yeah. That's so interesting. And, you know, in case do things do like turn out, um, you know, pretty well, it it comes down to, there's a there's a lot of companies right now that I'm talking to right now that um, I, I guess it's split between two. There's one half that are really throwing everything into you know what they're doing right now when it comes to connecting with homeowners. And I, I think I was having a conversation with someone the other day that said, if you're in home improvement right now, you're making money. Like it's it's the easiest time ever to sure. make money. But on the other side of that are companies that are actually pulling back a little bit and really refining those like processes. So the sales process, they're using this as kind of a learning experience, which I think is pretty fascinating because in my mind, the ones that are actually using this time to kind of refine those processes are going to come out on the other side when things do get back to normal after, you know, this, this, you know, just jumble of, of things happening. And when things do eventually get back to normal, I think they're going to come out kind of on top and I wanted to get your opinion on, you know, just a few things when it comes to that contractor side. So those processes, those fundamentals that a lot of people are putting in place right now, you know, are there any elements that you see working with contractors uh, that separate them from the rest of the crowd when it comes to following up those leads, for instance, or building those relationships with homeowners? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's, there's a, there's a ton of things. I think, um, First and foremost, when you think about funnels um, in terms of like sales funnels or lead funnels, 
the the bigger the funnel and the longer the funnel and so the more steps in a funnel and the longer the time period in a funnel the mm -hmm. more room there is for optimization and and these are relatively big um these are relatively large funnels with a, yeah. with a lot of steps right like everything from getting a homeowner on the phone for the first time to getting a bid back and having a contract signed, right? Like that can take many months. There's also many steps in terms of, you know, meeting them on site, um, you know, working with uh, a potential architect to review plans, things like that. So there's all these steps along the way, which just means there's tons of room for optimization. And, and so one thing BuildZoom tries to do is really help companies manage that process so that they can be more optimized. One, by doing some of it for them, two, mm. by enabling them to do it better for themselves, right? And giving them the data they need to do that. So, so for an example, um, you know, really small kind of tidbit is we know that if you call a lead within 10 minutes of it coming in, you are two times more likely to get them on the phone, like wow, yeah. double which is really, really cool. We're, we're seeing that the people that get bids back quickly um, do really well. And also the people that reach out well, um, scheduling walkthroughs is always a thing. So, so the shorter you can make that timeline, the more success you'll have. Um, and we're also seeing that the, the more you can just make sure you move to the next step, the, the better you'll, you'll have success. So um, obviously the quality of the bid matters a ton, having it broken down and itemized matters a ton. Um, you know, you'd be surprised how much variance there is for bids on the same project. They come in looking all over uh, and like very different, but we are, um, we're constantly learning kind of what works and, and trying yeah. to share that information with our contractors and, and build tools so that they can, they can accomplish those things faster and easier so that they don't have to spend all their time and energy on it, um, but can instead um, just accomplish those things uh, without much yeah. time and effort. Yeah, that's fascinating. And it, it, that's really the two things that, that we hit on so much with our content too, is that speed lead and that sales follow-up and making sure you get that bid to them on time, you know, after the appointments run. And, you know, going along with that 10 minute stat, we, we saw something from MIT Sloan this past year that was like, if you get to a lead within five minutes of them coming in, it's a 900% uh, increase in your likelihood of connecting with that lead. Sure. Um, which is like, it, it, it's insane the, the importance of speed there, you know, so kind of, you know, reversing, I guess, what would you say is like the number one misconception or mistake that companies make when it comes to following up with leads? I think one thing that we see is that um, a lot of people aren't really, I, I guess, like, I mean, the, the, the biggest mistake is probably different than the biggest misconception. The biggest mm -hmm. mistake is, is probably just like drop off and, and non-responsiveness, right? Like I think a lot of people, you know, aren't very good at following up to make sure that they schedule a walkthrough and that a calendar invite is sent and, and all these things that, you know, um, really need to be done to like make sure that everyone shows up when they're supposed to show up and meets when they're supposed to meet at a timely manner. Um, but I think the probably biggest misconception is that um, that you can't bid on a project if it's not fully spec'd out. Um, mm -hmm. I think we've seen people have really good success with like a preliminary bid. So, so 
the example is, you know, you go to a walkthrough and you are, like talk to the homeowner, you're interested in the project, they're interested in you, you're like, great, what's the next step? And a lot of times there's this limbo period where it's like, okay, well, we can't really bid on it until the plans are done. Or, mm-hmm. you know, we can't give you a hard numbers until the, the plans are done. And so I think that um, being able to communicate, hey, look, we're going to get you a preliminary bid. This will change a lot once we get finalized plans. And like, this is not the number we're going to bid on, but we want to keep um, keep you in communication and keep working with you and give you that kind of like preliminary bid, which sets you up to, to bid further down the road a little bit easier. Um, but that we found that that, um, a lot of people like say they can't bid until everything is finalized, which obviously you can't tie yourself to to numbers and expectations until that's true. But yeah. I think with clear communication, preliminary bids seem to be very successful. Um, and that's maybe something that's kind of a, a misconception. That's super interesting. And I know that you guys are super upfront when it comes to, you know, pricing. And and I know you have like a cost calculator I was messing around with on your website, which is pretty interesting. And when it comes to that bid and and submitting something to the homeowner, do you how how do you go about it? Like do you do you go in like super low with the expectation that the the job is going to be, you know, a lot higher or do you go high and then with the expectation of it being lower? What do you have any like suggestions around that? Yeah, I think the the big thing there is is show a range, right? Like you don't need to show um an exact number. I think a lot of people will like but but the showing a range is really helpful and then if they get pegged to the bottom range, which is is true, right? Like then what you need to do is say like, you need to make a lot of decisions to get you to that bottom part of the range, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not what I bid at the end of the day. It's it's the decisions you make in design that help you get to that bottom part. And I'm, I'm happy to do value engineering to help you get there. Um, I think another thing that BuildZoom does with homeowners is we do something we call bid leveling. And so what we do is we take all bids. So that could be a preliminary bid or a a fully flushed out bid. And we then, so we do some of this preliminary bidding for contractors so that they're not as pegged to the number, first of all. But but we, we take all bids and we put them in the exact same format and compare numbers, make sure nothing's missing, make sure all the scope is included in the bid and, and no... Uh, scope is extra in the bid um, and and compare numbers across a few different bids for homeowners. And so what this does is this pulls out any sort of ambiguity, right? Mm -hmm. Like a homeowner can be like, oh, you know, the kitchen of the home is the same for this contractor and this contractor, but the roofing part is much more expensive for this contractor. Or, you know, electrical is, depending on how we break down the bid, right? Electrical is more expensive than site work for this contractor, et cetera. And, mm-hmm. and also if we see big gaps, we can go talk to the contractor and say, hey, are you missing this part, right? To avoid change orders down the road. Um, and I think like we get to play kind of like bad guy, so to speak, for the mm-hmm. contractors and, and yeah. help um, the homeowner just like really understand that bid and make sure they know like, hey, sometimes the bid with that's a lower price like is missing stuff. And we actually can show you where it's missing stuff. And like, then the one, the contractor with a bid that's higher that would normally get discarded, but it's not missing stuff like shines through because the the stuff that's not missing is, is highlighted. 
that's so fascinating, man. I, I, I never even thought of that, you know, having that like middleman or that, that middle layer there to like really act as the bad guy you said, and, like it's, it's a dynamic you don't really think of and, until you see it in action with, with homeowners and it allows home improvement companies really to take that consultative approach to, to swoop in and they don't become the, the numbers gangster, I guess. Yeah. And, and we get to be this, this kind of like trusted middle party, right? Like we're in theory, <laughs> you know, if you hear something from, you know, a, a contractor as a homeowner, you might think they're trying to like sell you and on, on themselves, which is totally fair. And as they kind of should. Right. Um, yeah. but it's, you know, if we're in the middle, um, it seem it's, it is more arbitrary. And so therefore we're able to give a more like kind of like neutral, um, take and, and homeowners really trust that, which also makes the contractors that are the best shine through. Right. Um, yeah. and the contractors that are giving the best bids and, and have the best experience, et cetera. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And it's really cool to hear that, you know, when it comes to like lead follow-up and, and, you know, giving, giving the bid within two weeks and all these things, are there any like tools or technology that would make this like process easier or even just like from a high level, like what, what do you suggest on, on the, like something that they could add to their business, you know, within the next week that, that you think is super powerful? Oh yeah, that's that's really interesting. So so BuildZoom long term is is trying to build all of these tools, right? We're mm -hmm. trying to build tooling to make bidding easier and we're 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 making good progress there. So contractors don't have to spend as much time bidding. They can kind of just use our bids and templates to one, highlight themselves really well, but two, uh, make bidding a little bit easier and more accurate. Uh, we're also trying to build tooling to um, hone in on a price, right? Like we talked about this idea of, you know being worried about giving the wrong price early. Whereas instead we view this as like, look, your price starts out at this range and we're going to hone in and like kind of aim for your target here. And if yeah. we start to go a little high, we're going to make decisions to go a little bit lower. Right. And, and vice versa. So we're building a lot of this tooling um, to, to really help manage expectations and push people through the process with scheduling and, you know, making sure timelines are accurately um, kind of outlined and all the steps of the process are outlined. Uh, yeah. But in terms of, in terms of tooling, I think, you know, some really simple ones that people can do is like, I think Calendly is a great resource, right? Mm -hmm. Like even just making sure that you're setting up time to get a walkthrough in and you don't have to spend all this time negotiating calendar times with a homeowner and you can just send them a Calendly link to schedule time on your calendar. I think that's a huge thing. Um, I think like Team Gantt for project management is really good for helping them understand like, hey, here are the 10 major steps we need to get through in order to hire, um, you can use, you can use, um, like, this is the timeline we expect for each of those steps to take. Um, let's get through it together. Um, so I think, I think those are some two that come to mind. Uh, in general, I also think, you know, zoom is a good one, right? Like people have yeah. really quickly adapted to video calls. And if you can do a video call to meet somebody or to review the bid, um, I'm going to be much more effective than if you, you know, do it over the phone or just email it to them. And so I yeah. think like thinking, thinking about some of those tools uh, are, are also really helpful. And those are ones they can, you know, one, use BuildZoom, but, but two, um, they can implement those tomorrow, right? Super easy to, to get going and, and move things forward. Yeah, it's it's the Calendly suggestion was is super interesting because I've I've actually seen a lot of companies start implementing that as their like contact us form basically where the sure. first touch is that the homeowner gets to pick in the day and the time that the contractor shows up right and it removes the problem of the form fill in the front that everybody sees and it makes it more 
it, it puts the homeowner in charge of the of the decision and it gives them that just extra layer of trust from the beginning which is so crucial in building that relationship and, and getting that bid you know accepted um jack I, this has been awesome, man. I, I got a few more questions for you. And, you know, I want to talk a little bit about um, really the what you're preaching when it comes to the follow up methodology on, on build zooms in. Um, because like you said, like, you don't get paid until the, the bid is completed, right? And mm -hmm. it, it's, it's when the job started. And so you have kind of a, a, a reason to help contractors get with those homeowners. And I would love to learn a little bit about kind of your science behind that. And, you know, when it comes to, and I was looking through your website, there's really three parts that you really hone in on, which is one messaging, two proposals and three reviews. So after the project's completed, when it comes to that, like messaging and that, that first initial contact, what do you coach your contractors to really hone in on and, and talk about in those crucial first uh, moments of connecting? Yeah, so I think it's maybe important for, for me to expl explain a little bit about how BuildZoom's process works, which is mm -hmm. um, when we connect a contractor, um, we most of the time do what is called a showcase and so what we'll do is we'll have a phone call with the, the homeowner and we'll actually walk them through the contractor. So, you know, we'll say, hey, um, we want to recommend Jim's construction. Jim has been in business for 20 years. He mostly does residential remodels. He does between five and 10 uh, a year. Currently, he has three on his plate. Um, his crew is, you know, 15 people and they sub out certain work, but most work is done in house. Um, mm -hmm. And, and we, and then we say, here's, you know, you're doing a kitchen in San Jose. Um, here are two kitchen remodel projects he's done. And one of them is, you know, you're on your block in San Jose. Right. And so we'll like kind of showcase them and, and be like, this is the contractor. And here's why we think they're good. Not only a good contractor, but also a good fit for your project. And so we're really trying to, to kind of like set them up for success, right? Like, yeah, um, yeah. And, and, th and then from there, I think in terms of messaging, right? I think the most important part is one, to be responsive, right? So, mm -hmm. um, you know, we talk to many homeowners and one of the things they just appreciate the most is just having somebody get back to them quickly. Um, I think that's like the most important thing. Even if that answer is, hey, this will take me a couple days to figure out, let me get back to you mm -hmm. at this time. That's like a totally acceptable message, but, but making sure you respond is super important. Um, and then I think three is being very clear with um, setting the right expectations and and meeting those expectations. I think those are right. kind of the, the, the things with the, with messaging that, that really matter. Um, and, and then continuing to move it through the process, right? So always setting a next step and, and then hitting that next step, right? Like um, never leave a conversation without some like follow-up action scheduled or something like that. Yeah. That's fascinating. I, I love that. Like always keeping them like prepared for the next step. That, that's, that's really cool, man. And, you know, honing in on, we've talked about a little bit, but the bid and, I think this is a thing that a lot of contractors look over and there's a great tool out there, you know, engage. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but great SAS tool. They're one of our partners and they kind of really mastered the art of the, the proposal and the bid. And it's like setting up like Adobe or whatever, but you know, 
the reason that they're seeing success in my opinion, and I've had jobs done in my house where we've gotten siding before and they just write a number on an envelope and like totally. slide it across the table. And yeah. it's, it's crazy. You can set your company apart so well by actually, you know, focusing on creating a proposal that's worth giving to a homeowner. Is this something that you see? I, I saw something, you know, an article that you guys had written that was, you know, about creating a, a really nice proposal. Yeah. I mean, really nice proposal is super helpful, right? And a really nice proposal has, um, we think, a number of different characteristics. Like one, it has, it's very itemized, right? And costs are very clearly delineated across, you know, labor and materials, but also the different types of work, right? So, um, you know, co commercial projects and large scale projects do this very well, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, I think like just more adoption in the residential world and for smaller projects makes a lot of sense. Um, and so breaking down bids in a really itemized fashion to giving a really clear description as to what is in this bid versus what is not, right? Like, yeah. I think that's where a lot of things go wrong, where people don't know. They're like, oh, I thought that was included, right? And, and it's like very clearly not or, you know, vice versa, right? And so you should make sure that, that that is really good. And then we also think that there's some element to a proposal that is not just a bid, right? Like there's an element to a proposal where you should show some past work, like your portfolio, you should show, yeah. you know, um, maybe some some customer references. Um, you should like give some information about like, hey, look, like this is what I'm doing for your project, but this is a little bit about me and why you can trust me, right? Because to some extent, you're putting your trust in a person and in a company and you want some more validation as to, to why you should do that. Because you know stuff's not going to go completely according to plan, right? Yeah. And so so you you need to have that faith that the contractor is somebody that, can can kind of roll with the punches and be somebody that you can trust through that process. And so I think showing that in through reviews, testimonials, past projects, you know, a portfolio, um, where you've worked, years of experience, you know, there's a number of different ways to do it. But I think also showing some of that in your proposal is, is helpful. Yeah, it's, it seems like the easiest way to, to get the upper hand on the competition right now, especially with people just throwing numbers out left and right, um, totally. you know, putting a little bit of effort into it, it, it means all the world, especially for homeowners where you're probably going to be in their house for like multiple days and uh, they'd like to, you know, get that trust level up. But Jack, I think there's, been, there's, there's okay. tools, right? Like, I mean, yeah. Buildings Proposal Tool is one where sure there's a little bit of a cost to create the first proposal, but then mm -hmm. to create your second, third, fourth, fifth is so easy, right? It's, it's almost becomes easier and you get all the benefit of it looking way better and being way better. So, um, I think there's lots of tools. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And again, one of our partners engaged, they're, they're fantastic at yeah. that and they, they do a really good job of that too. So, um, Jack, one last question I like to ask every guest and I know we're running against time here. So I wanted to, to make sure we got this one in, but it's vague on purpose just because the answers that come out are better. I think when it's super vague, um, cool. but <clears throat> What's the number one piece of advice you would give to anyone in home improvement right now? Yeah, so I'm going to give um, a little bit of advice around like setting up projects for success. So this isn't really for like a business going into the home improvement space. This is really for, for you know, how to set a project up for success. And we at BuildZoom are huge fans of the Abraham Lincoln saying, which is, if you give me six hours to cut down a tree, I'll spend the first four sharpening the axe. Mm -hmm. And so 
our thought is like, take time to do a really good job at the build, beginning, setting expectations, having a thorough bid, managing a contract to know exactly what's in it and what's not, and, and outlining all that stuff with the homeowner. Um, take a quick pause to outline how the project's going to go. Make sure your ducks are in a row before you start. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and then we find that that really sets up projects for success um, throughout, the, throughout the time of the project, right? Like there's just less errors, more uh, kind of alignment between the homeowner and the contractor. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. And that is so, so important. And uh, this has been, this has been a great episode and I really appreciate you coming on Jack. Um, Thanks I'm going to give me. you just a few minutes here at the end, you know, if, if listeners want to learn more about BuildZoom or if they want to learn more about you, um, where should they go? Yeah. I mean, check out BuildZoom online at buildzoom.com, you know, very, very easy. Uh, you can also find us on uh, LinkedIn as well as Facebook. Um, probably the, the best places to see us. Uh, for myself, um, similar, uh, you know, I have uh, a LinkedIn that you can check out. Um, also, uh, you can check out my Twitter, which is what's Cookson. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll have more of these conversations. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. This has again, been a great conversation and, and Jack will definitely have to do it again in the future. Yeah. Thanks so much, Matt.